Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Better than this, guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and Fan Rag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting, also with Fan Rag Sports. We are your hosts on the Draft Dudes Podcast, and we made it, folks. It is September 1st, and we've got a full slate of college football ahead of us this weekend to open up the season. I know that we had week zero last week where we, we you know got to dabble with Oregon State and Colorado State and uh, BYU played, but we've got a full slate ahead of us to dig into on Saturday. We've got some good games on Sunday and even a game on Monday. And uh, Kyle and I are here today to tell you what you need to watch in terms of these football games and the NFL Draft scouting matchups uh, to focus on. Kyle, what's up, man? Happy Friday to you. Yeah, this is the real deal now. So that's exciting. Um, now we've only had, what, six, seven months of no football? So uh, it's it's nice to kind of put the summer stuff to bed and it just feels it's got a different feel to it. You know, now that, you know, the games count and it's fresh content. So that's I think that's what I'm most looking forward to is just kind of putting the summer stuff to bed, putting 2016 games away for the the foreseeable (laughs) future. Yeah, man, we've watched them so many times, so it's time to get some good, fresh football to, to, to get eyes on. And I know that uh, you're at two games this weekend. I'm at one on Monday, and uh, we'll, we'll get into some of that as we go here today, Kyle. But um, 
Let, let's get into this, man. What, what's, uh, why don't you lead off here with the first game that you want to talk about and some of the, uh, some of the interest to the people? Sure. Uh, well, tonight I'm going to be in Piscataway, New Jersey, for uh, Washington visiting Rutgers, uh, which is kind of an interesting cross-country road trip, right, to start your year. <laughs> you got to come to Rutgers of, uh, of all schools, but um, there's, there's actually guys on both sides which will make this um, a much more enjoyable experience. You know, I've, I've done some big-time games. I've done small schools like uh, Villanova and William & Mary I did one year, and, and even that had DeAndre Houston Carson and Tano Passigno, so I had guys on both sides that I ended up watching anyway. Uh, but Washington's got a lot of draft talent this year, a lot of, a lot of juniors. They've got a select number of seniors that will uh, attract some interest throughout the process. Uh, if you go on NDT Scouting's uh, Power 5 portfolio, the names profiled for Washington are quarterback Jake Browning, who's a junior, running back Miles Gaskin, who's also a junior, wide receiver Dante Pettis, a senior, uh, center Coleman Shelton, who's a redshirt senior, and defensively uh, the tackle Vea, who's a redshirt junior, and linebacker Azim Victor, who is a senior, a uh, little light in the trunk at 6'2", 222. Um, Joe, I know you feel really good about Dante Pettis as far as being a technical player, and I think that's one thing that I definitely want to see. But if there's somebody I'm I'm most intrigued by seeing, it's uh, Miles Gaskin, the running back. He's He's had quietly really solid production throughout each of his first two seasons, 24 rushing touchdowns and over 1,300 rushing yards in each campaign. Uh, I haven't really put the scouting eye to him as much as I have some of these other guys for Washington. You know, obviously seeing Pettis as a senior over the course of the summer and seeing Browning watching Pettis and watching John Ross last year. So I, I got a good vibe on Browning. I have a pretty good vibe on Pettis. Gaskin's the one that... I've seen Flash, but I haven't really had the opportunity to soak in and, and really get a vibe for, okay, I know this production's here, I'm seeing these Splash plays, but like, what is he on a snap-by-snap -snap basis? And then for Rutgers, uh, just to kind of tie everything together here, they've actually got one player on each side of the ball that's going to have my attention as well. Uh, the first one is Kimoko Ture, who's a defensive end. He had seven and a half sacks as a freshman, true freshman. Uh, he's been hurt each of the past two years. He said shoulder issues. It's really limited his ability to play. Uh, but he's been cleared uh, as of, I believe, this morning or yesterday to play. So he's going to have an opportunity to prove that uh, he's really long. He's 6'5", 250, um, super long, pretty twitchy, uh, a bendy pass rusher. Everybody loves those guys. Uh, prove that that freshman year with seven and a half sacks wasn't an aberration. That's who he actually is. And then they have a pretty fun skill player in Janarian Grant, uh, undersized 5'10", 178. Um, but he's pretty electric with the ball. He missed the last eight games of 2016 with an ankle injury, but uh, he, he should be back in the, the driver's seat as far as the team's all-purpose leader on an offense that uh, doesn't have a lot of dynamic players. So seeing him... A, back returning from an injury, and B, seeing how he handles the challenge of that Washington defense, even if they did lose their entire starting secondary, is things I'm interested to see tonight. 
Yes, uh, I'll be I'll be watching along on the tube as you are there in the game. I'll be at uh, Georgia Tech in Tennessee, which is Monday night, so we might get into that a little bit on the Monday show. But the first game that I want to preview for you guys is Michigan and Florida. And uh, first things first, Kyle, have you seen the the color rush uniforms that will be worn in this game? I'm a big fan. I, I figured both you sides. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you know I have very unique aesthetic yes. tastes for yeah. for football uniforms we, so yes i'm a big fan of the mustard we are big big uniform people here so we will talk about that throughout the season uh anytime ford has got the white helmets on man i'm i'm there for it those are the best uh but uh the players that will be in those uniforms uh the one that i'm really focusing on is mike mccray a linebacker from michigan a senior that seems like there's some very mixed opinions about him i did a full evaluation on him uh early in june and uh, I think he's kind of a throwback for the position, a guy that's a downhill gap thumper. He's got some length. But in terms of that lateral movement skills, I didn't see a ton of it. And I think he's going to be tested by Florida in this game, uh, particularly uh, with the way their offense looks right now. Uh, running back Jordan Scarlett suspended. Antonio Callaway suspended. Uh, first uh, game started for uh, redshirt freshman Felipe Franks, the Florida for the quarterback, and I just have a feeling that Jim McElwain's going to want to try to attack this defense uh, horizontally, and so I think it'll be a good test for Mike McCray to see what type of range he has, uh, because uh, that's what I what I need to see from him this year as a senior. Uh, also on the Michigan defense is uh, Maurice Hurst, uh, defensive yep. lineman. Man, this guy's a good football player. I just wrote a piece for him this week. Uh, 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 Based on his tape last year, a guy that wasn't even a full-time player still had 11 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, I think seven sacks, and and he's going to be a prominent player for the Wolverines defense this year. Uh, he's a complete player. He's only six two two eighty two, but this is a complete football player. Don't get caught up that he's not three hundred pounds. That's gonna that's gonna uh, cause you to miss on a, on a really talented guy. He does everything well. He can attack uh, playing forward. He can handle the run game right at him. He can handle it uh, where he has to get out, uh, move laterally down the line of scrimmage should take away zones and cut back lanes. Uh, he can rush the passer. He's really good in terms of mental processing and rent- recognizing the screen game. So don't be surprised to watch this football game and see Maurice Hurst showing range and making plays out into the boundary because uh, he's got that type of uh, lateral mobility. And he's going up against a Ford offensive line that has some decent pieces, uh, most notably Martez Ivy, uh, who was a former five-star recruit. They're best offensive linemen, so hopefully we'll get to see some matchups uh, between those two players because Ivy's looking to kind of make that statement uh, this year, and, and you know he's, he could declare maybe not. He's a junior, but uh, he'll be a three-year starter, so we'll see uh, what type of growth he's shown. He's physically gifted and uh, has shown some good flashes in his first two seasons as a starter. want to mention one other matchup in this game, and that is Mason Cole, uh, Michigan's offensive lineman. I believe he's moving to left tackle this year. He's not going to be at center anymore, so uh, he'll get a chance to go against C.C. Jefferson, another former five-star guy that Florida has a really powerful dude. He's got length and power. He's not overly quick or explosive, but uh, you know those power elements in terms of using his hands, getting under pads, uh, knowing how to get him off you, and, and really creating havoc in that way will be a good test for Mason Cole, who I thought was a very high-quality interior offensive lineman. We'll see how he looks at uh, on the outside this year, but... Um, uh, that's some of the stuff I'm looking for. Let me shout out one more guy. That's DeAndre Goolsby, uh, tight end for Florida. He's probably the most established of the skill players 
this going into this contest with so many suspensions for the you know the first year quarter or first game starter for uh, Felipe Franks, quarterback from Florida. So you know you got to think that he'll be looking to him early and often in this game, and I think he's got a nice uh, NFL skill set in terms of a move piece tight end. So Michigan, Florida to start off the season. Those teams are always annually loaded with NFL talent. Uh, this year will be no different, and uh, I think it's a good test to see where some of these guys are entering the season. Yeah, definitely, and um. I think it'd be nice to see uh, uh, Antonio Callaway in this game, wouldn't it? Oh man, yeah, yeah. Him, him, and Scarlett, man. When I saw both of those, <laughs> it it just took all the sexiness out of this game for me. With with them losing to their two best offensive skill players, Michigan has five returning starters on offense and defense from last year. Um, yeah, it's. I'm not doubting that there's not gonna. Uh, I don't doubt that there will be talent on the field because it's Florida and Michigan. Like you know, they're gonna have guys, mm-hmm. but like the guys with a specific draft perspective that I was really looking forward to. It's like Maurice Horst, and that's it. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, some guys can step up, and uh, that that game will be as exciting as as it should be when you consider it's Michigan and, and Florida. Uh, the other game I'm going to, Joe. This one's a Sunday night game. Uh, I'll be at FedEx Field for Virginia Tech, West Virginia. Uh, the rivalry is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, really excited about this one as a rivalry game. There are, once again, players on both sides of the ball for both teams that will have my interest. For Virginia Tech, offensively, Cam Phillips is the one that I want to see the most from. The reason being is Phillips was more of a... Uh, utility player, kind of a, a Swiss Army knife where they'd use him in the screen game and get him on some quick-hitting throws against off-coverage. Uh, but Virginia Tech lost Bucky Hodges and Isaiah Ford to the draft last year. So Phillips should have the opportunity as a senior. He's six foot 199 uh, to get a predominant amount of targets in this passing offense as the returning leader in the secondary. He's pretty good with the ball in his hands, but... I'm just not sold on him as a route runner out in space and being able to win against press coverage and finding holes in zone coverage. So those are the things that I'm going to really, really be keying on against West Virginia from Phillips. Uh, defensively, they have two uh, players who will have my interest. One is a senior. The other is a junior. Uh, the senior that I'm most interested in is uh, Brandon Fakeson. Joe, do you know if I pronounce that <laughs> I, I correctly? So. I don't, I've struggled with it I, all year. <laughs> I don't want to do the guy yeah. disservice. Yeah. Uh, he's a fun player. Uh, 6'2", 197. Uh, really long. He's got nice ball skills. Um, pretty physical. Uh, Joe, I know you did your assessment before him. I believe I'm, I'm a little higher on him you than you are. Um, I thought he had really nice tools. And against a passing offense like he's going to see with, with Dana Holgerson and Will Greer and West Virginia, uh, it'll be a good test. And I, I think this is a good litmus, litmus test for him to be able to say, um, yeah, he's got the the ability to uh, be a legitimate boundary prospect or, Joe, some of the, the concerns you have with his limitations as far as, uh, I believe, you got issues with footwork or transitional quickness, or, or what is it that, that you're kind of hung up on? 
I believe that's what it is. I, I have not read yeah. my report in a very long time. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, off the top of my head, those were the two things okay. that stood out. And I was like, ah, oh, like I don't think I don't think Joe's do uh, Joe and I see eye to eye on that. So I I think looking at where he can win, I'm a little bit more willing to overlook some of his issues that you have. That I don't disagree with you that they're there. I just don't necessarily know if there'll be big limiting factors for where I think he'll be asked to play at the next level. So uh, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds is the other one. He's 6'5", 250 for an off-ball linebacker. He's a true junior, big, very, very big, and he's physical. He plays forward, too. He had 18 and a half tackles for loss last year. Uh, really impressive player as far as uh, being able to identify plays, processing plays, and then attacking plays. Uh I think he in Bud Foster's defense this year will have every opportunity to really solidify his standings as a potential top linebacker prospect with another year like what he put together last year. Uh, for West Virginia on the other side of the ball, you know, I've already named dropped Will Greer's name about what twenty times this summer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I really liked Will at uh, Florida. He's fun. He reminded me a little bit of Baker Mayfield as far as some of the looseness that he played with. Um, I think he's got a chance to break some of Geno Smith's school passing records. Now, that's not necessarily uh, making him a lock to be a, a great pro prospect, but he can play. And people haven't seen him play for about a year and a half, so uh, almost two years even. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great chance to see him as a redshirt junior back on the field in an offense that will play very well to his strengths. Uh, he does have a, a receiving target in Karan White, who's 6'1", 199. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he is uh, one of the younger brothers of Kevin White, who came through a couple years ago and was a first-round pick for the Chicago Bears. Uh, quality possession receiver, he's not a vertical guy, uh, but... He's he plucks the ball really well out of the air, and uh, he's not hindered notably when he's impacted at the catch point. So uh, he's the top receiving option, and then at the running back position, they have uh, a JUCO transfer in Justin Crawford, who kind of split carries last year and was actually the RB two, but struggled with ball security. Uh, Crawford averaged seven point three yards per rush. Uh, this offense is going to give him very little in the way of heavy boxes that he's going to have to work with uh, because of the way they space the field. Uh, very twitchy, very quick, very nimble. Uh, I really like him as a space runner, but we need to see, can you pass block? Can you run in between the tackles definitively? Can you run through contact? Uh, that's not what he showed a lot of. It was a lot of explosive plays, a lot of explosive runs. So uh, again, Bud Foster defense on the other side. Uh, it's going to be a great test for Crawford with how much they try and run the football. And then defensively, uh, I mentioned uh, one white brother. Kaiser White is a safety on the other side. He's 6'3", 218. Uh, one of the other uh, brothers of Kevin White. Uh, he plays the quote-unquote money backer role. Joe, this is what... Um, uh, K.J. Dillon played there. A couple years ago and uh, Dylan I really loved as a prospect I'm interested to see how white does in that role uh, kind of playing down into the box uh, 
Virginia Tech lost their starting quarterback as well. Uh, so these kind of nickel or flex defenders, um, their ability to kind of disguise coverages on a, a freshman quarterback that's going to be starting for Virginia Tech uh, will be one of the keys to the game to watch. So if Virginia Tech really crosses wires for, for or if West Virginia crosses wires for Virginia Tech offensively, look for Kaiser White to potentially be one of those X factors that makes that happen. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. Hey, Kyle, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, there's a couple of teams playing on Saturday night at 8 o'clock Eastern, uh, one from Alabama, one from Florida. Seems like it's a pretty big contest, both top five teams. Uh, of course, thinking of uh, Alabama versus Florida State, the opener of Oh, no way. They, they play? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think you, yeah, I know that you, you're, you, know, you focus on all these Virginia teams all the time. Uh, but uh, down here in the southeast, man. Got some big-time football happening. Um, there is a, a ton of players and prospects in this game. Uh, there's no way we're going to get to them all. I'm not even going to try. I'm looking over my uh, my personal watch list for the season, and I have 24 combined prospects from this game alone. So Unbelievable. Uh, it, it is unbelievable. And, and it's unbelievable because Alabama lost how many players last year to the NFL, and they still have, you know, uh, 15 of the 24 <laughs> from Alabama. I mean, they, they just are loaded. Uh, there's a few individual more units, uh, unit against units that I'm, I'm interested in. Uh, the first is uh, the Florida State passing game against Alabama. Uh, DeAndre Francois is a, a quarterback that we've spoken about quite a bit here in the, over the mm. summer. And a player that uh, we think has is a little bit under the radar right now. He's a redshirt sophomore, so – there's no telling what his future holds, but um, we've seen redshirt sophomore quarterbacks declare for the NFL draft, and this is a huge contest, uh, monumental here week one. And uh, particularly when you look at Auden Tate, the, the Florida State receiver, who I've, I wrote about this summer for NDT Scouting. He's a big physical dude. He has uh, that alpha mentality at the catch point. And he'll be going up against a pair of Alabama corners that I think are, are kind of polarizing in Tony Brown and Anthony Averett. Both of those guys are physically gifted. They're physical football players, but um, you know, I don't. I'm not sure that they have the most natural co- coverage instincts right now. And I think this is going to be a really good test for all four of those players: Auden Tate, who's on the brink of stardom; DeAndre Francois, where he's kind of building that NFL resume; and then two corners who, uh, you know, have been in and out of the lineup. You know, Alabama has 
lost a lot of secondary players to the NFL, so these guys haven't played a ton. But this is their chance. This is their chance to really become those full-time guys. And how they stack up against a talented receiver like Auden Tate will be a good good measuring stick to see where they are. Um, guys that I think are have the traits, but you know, we want to see them be good football players. Both have really good track backgrounds. Uh, but, you know, want to see that football application uh, come together. Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick, the, the, the talented safety, you know, he'll be a, he'll be a challenge. you got to believe that he'll be rolling to uh, Auden Tate's side uh, for a lot of this contest. So this is a really good matchup, I think, in terms of this Florida State passing game against this Alabama secondary. Uh, from the perspective of the NFL draft scouting and where those guys are, it'll be a good good measuring stick. The other one that's – Notable to me is is the opposite, right? We have Calvin Ridley on Alabama, who's a talented wide receiver. He's uh, he's going up against Tavares McFadden, uh, the Florida State cornerback, and I'm high on McFadden. I think he's big, physical, long guy who uh, will be a good test for Ridley. Who's you know he's been he's been a playmaker for them, but you kind of felt like at times he was overshadowed by our Darius Stewart. You know now he's the guy. He's the full time you know focal point of this passing offense. And how he does against the guy who's going to play on Sundays for sure, maybe a you know top of the first round type guy, and Tavares McFadden will be what I think is a very good uh, measuring stick. So there's 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 prospect matchups everywhere in this game, and I'm going to turn it over here to Kyle and maybe touch on a few that he's excited about. But my eyes, I think, are going to be a lot on these wide receivers and secondaries and where they are early in the season. I'm ashamed of you. I really am, Joe. Okay. I thought for sure you would talk about. Florida State defensive line versus the Alabama running I, game. I wanted to give it to you, man. Oh, so you put you put your quintessential matchup on a tee for me to talk about. I'm a nice guy. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama offensive line. They got a couple draft eligibles. eligibles. Uh, Ross Pierschbacher. I know I nailed that name. Uh, Redshirt Jr. He's been there as a starter for you know, the better part of two seasons now. Uh, center Bradley Bozeman, redshirt senior. Lester Cotton's kind of a, a, the new name. He's the right guard now, but he is draft eligible as a junior. Uh, that interior trio with running backs Bo Scarborough and Damian Harris, both of whom are juniors, against Demarcus Christmas, number 90 redshirt junior defensive tackle, Derek Noddy, nose tackle, number 91, who's a senior, and Josh Sweat. Uh, the Buck defensive end slash Buck linebacker who is a junior. Uh, that's where I think this game's won. Offensive lines, uh, pass protection for Florida State, run blocking for uh, Alabama. I, I really think that is going to be essential for either team's success. Uh, Joe, you went at length talking about uh, the boundary matchups, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get my eyes off the trenches when – Florida State is on defense trying to stop these runaway trains that Alabama has at running back. I mean, both Scarborough and Harris are just monsters with the football. Just absolute studs. Uh, They really take contact well. So if you had to ask me the single matchup that I'm most interested in, that's what I'm going to be watching on Saturday night. Kyle, care to make a few predictions here If if I toss them on you? Oh yeah, let's uh, throw me under the bus. Go ahead. Give, give me your winners. I've got uh, I've got four games for you, and then a spread. Michigan, Florida. Who's your winner? Uh, Michigan. I'm going Florida. 
uh, Florida State, I, and the reason is I just think that uh, Michigan, for as much as Florida is is not having in this game, Michigan's replacing a lot too. I think it, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how, how I don't know how Florida's going to move the football. Well, you'll have to watch and see. Florida State, Bama. Who's the winner? Alabama. Yeah, I'm going Bama as well. Uh, West Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech. Mm. You first. West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I really want to pick West Virginia, but. You know, I, I'll i go West Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Texas A&M, UCLA. Oh, man. Is that a neutral site game? It. Oh, you had to ask. I don't know. I did. I feel, I like, feel like it is. No, isn't it? I think it's in Texas. Have your producer look it up. Okay, well, uh, I'll, go ahead. I'll, I'll talk about a matchup in that game. Armani Watts versus Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watts on the back end. For Texas A&M, uh, they lost their other starting safety in Evans, and obviously Rosen returning from uh, the shoulder issue that cost him a majority of last year. So that'll be a fun point, quote-unquote point, counterpoint uh, item to watch when UCLA has the ball. It's at the Rose Bowl, Pasadena, California. Oh, so it's technically neutral, but not really. I... Or does UCLA <laughs> play all their home games at yeah, the Rose Bowl? Yeah, they play all their home games at the Rose Bowl. Oh. I can't keep track of who plays at the Rose Bowl and who doesn't, man. Everybody does, just assume. Everybody Except for the Los Angeles play... Chargers. They play at a soccer stadium. <laughs> they play at the soccer stadium yeah. in front of 15,000 fans. Yeah. Um, I'll – you know what's funny about this matchup? That you're having I think a hard heard... time predicting it. Well, I'm, I'm going to pick UCLA. Okay. But I think it's funny that you look at, like, the profiles for both of these schools – they're both such underwhelming performing performers as teams, aren't they? Right, when you consider their talent level. Yeah, I mean, the ability to recruit. <laughs> Look at the defensive talent that's come through UCLA over the past five years. Yes. And tell me how that team's not winning 10, 11 games every single year. They're a coach away from being a <laughs> perennial <Ooh>. powerhouse. <laughs> Don't let Coach Moria hear you say that, man. Yeah. I'll I'll go UCLA. I have a feeling you're going to go Texas A&M though. No, you? I'm going UCLA, and it's because they're okay, at home. Good. But uh, it, it'll yeah. be a good football game. I'm pissed. It's at the same exact time as West Virginia, Virginia Tech. We have two games on Sunday. They're both at 7:30 Eastern. I mean, that's 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 terrible. Um, I'm not going to have a problem. I have the uh, the tablet. Well, I mean, I have up. two screens going, but I want to focus on those individually with nothing else on my mind. <laughs> this was uh, when I was uh, when I was at Iowa last year. I had the uh, Pit Clemson game on my tablet, and me and the pro scout that was sitting next to me were watching in between plays in the box at Iowa. We were watching Pit Pit Clemson uh, come down to the wire last year, so I may have to break that out uh, with UCLA Texas A and M going on at the same time. I've got one more for you, Kyle. I'm ready. Georgia hosts Appalachian State. I'm not asking you to predict if Appalachian State is going to win that game. I want to know, does Georgia cover the 14-and-a-half-point spread? They are Absolutely. favorites, 14-and-a-half. Yeah. They cover. I'm surprised you're asking me that. I just wanted to know where you stood on that. Georgia- I think App State's a solid team, but I yeah. think Georgia's really, really got a good season lined up if everybody develops the way they're supposed to. Kind of like Tennessee last year. Everybody thought Tennessee's year to, to really make a run at it. And then they pit, faced Appalachian State week one. They went to overtime. Uh, so I wanted to see if maybe you thought this would be a closer contest than anticipated. But it sounds like you are buying into Georgia taking care of business. Yes, I am. 
So I'll I'll take the uh, the over on the spread in that game. All right. Sorry if that's anticlimactic for you. I just wanted to see where you were on that. I mean, I heard a little disappointment in your voice. You don't have to be modest about it. You were hoping you were hoping I at least had to think about it. George is going to run the ball into the face of that defense over and over again. They're going to cover the spread. I'm with you. I want to see if I can catch you on a bad take and then expose you on Monday. But uh, you, you made the okay, smart so choice. Okay, so the only, the only bad take I have then, in your opinion, is picking Michigan over Florida. Is that the only one we disagreed on with all of that? I believe so. Okay, well, we'll see. Who UCLA, has- Florida State, uh, West Virginia, and... Bama. We both had Bama. Al- Alabama, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there's so there our big go. difference. We'll find out. Find out who yep. is. Somebody's going to have dragon rights. Yep. yep. <laughs> can't wait. Um, I can't wait for college football, Joe. It's finally here. Uh, we had a couple games last night. Some top 10 teams played, uh, but we are just getting started. Uh, we'd like to thank you for tuning into Draft Dudes to kind of get our thoughts on the weekend as it really kicks off and, and see these college prospects that, uh, you know, most of them are, are names you feel pretty good about being in the draft class this year. Some draft eligibles under, that are underclassmen, but uh, a lot of names that are going to be relevant six months from now. So, uh, like I said at the top of the show, finally getting that kicked off. It's uh, super exciting time. Uh, Joe, next week is our one-year anniversary of doing podcasts oh, together, too. Sweet. Yeah, We will be just short of 100 podcast episodes together. For Which draft is, dudes, we've we're well over a hundred. Oh, I'm sorry, two hundred. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. All right. Just short of two hundred podcast episodes together uh, next week when we hit our one year anniversary of doing shows together. Well, damn. Yeah. So I think we might have to do something special on Wednesday. All right. When the one year anniversary yes. comes around. So uh, another tease for you guys. Another reason to hit that subscribe button and follow along with us uh, all throughout the season. We we tried our best to carry the doldrums of summertime with no football as best we could, but we don't have that problem anymore because life is easy. Life is good. College football is back. Uh, so make sure you hit subscribe, follow along with us all season long. Uh, you can also follow along with our works at ndtscouting.com and FanRag Sports. I am Kyle Crabb signing off with Joe Marino. We are the Draft Dudes Podcast, and I hope you all enjoy week one of the 2017 college football season. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.